Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest show on And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. It's Wednesday, it's the midweek slump, and we're going to help you get through it tonight with my pick featuring Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 from 1986, directed by Tobey Hooper. Rest in peace. Love you, big man. Saw is always family. As always, I'm your old pal, the King Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode. And as always, I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the Golgi Keith. Hello, 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 everybody. I am sorry for starting that off laughing, but as I try to fly back through these messages, there are just certain quotes and comments that I am seeing throughout this that are just kind of cracking me up. Uh, We are a bad bunch, but uh, I hope everybody is well this evening, and I am ready to go. We are definitely a dirty dozen, if there ever were, with our comments in our group chats. Uh, the wrestling one. I want to watch Carmella squirt on Zelina's face. That that's a comment that that got thrown out like at some point or another between the three thrown of us. Thrown out and accepted. <laughs> yes. And the loved. And we're also joined by the Mad Monkey, fresh out of tapioca, ready to go. I got your chainsaw. Hey monkey. there, hey there, fresh fans. This is Talking Terror's very own Monkey in a Straight Jacket, the Mad Monkey, broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic with my lovely Nurse Johnson at my side. Ah, oh, all weekend long she kept fucking with me about this wonderful movie that we're getting ready to cover, and I'm excited about this week's episode. What's up, fellas? Hello there. Welcome. Hi, Monkey. <laughs> Hi, girl. Was that fucking gizmo? <laughs> Did you get a mogwai in between last week's episode? The monkey is my mogwai. <laughs> yeah, that's what he. Yeah, he's not a monkey. He's actually a mogwai. Uh, and we we're also joined by the demonic Doctor Dave. Welcome back to the show, sir. Say hello to the audience. Aging demonic Doctor Dave. That. He does. Doctor, he doesn't doctor, want... give me the news. <laughs> I've got a bad case for loving you, Dave. <laughs> Maybe he's held up by all of his fans in Poland. That could be it. He's signing autographs, <laughs> signing some titties. We don't know what he's up to. I'm sure he'll butt in eventually when we talk about something. Signing babies. <laughs> yeah. uh, so while we wait for the doc to take off his the doctor scrubs and get back into the conversation. Uh, first thing I wanted to say before we kick off the show is a very happy birthday to Jennifer Rubin, star of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors, Screamers, The Crush, uh, Bad Dreams. Today is her birthday, so a very special happy birthday to her. She was a past guest happy on birthday, the show. Happy birthday, Jennifer. A very good friend of mine, so glad to see that she gets the birthday shout out. Very happy to see that she's alive and well and very happy. Happy birthday, lady. Happy birthday, Jennifer. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for taking the time to be on our humble little show. Thanks. And that was a great episode. I, I still, I actually go back to that episode every now and then, just to listen to it. I thought it was a great interview, a uh, great episode. 
Uh, so hopefully she'll come on once again uh, one of these days to talk about whatever channel she wants to talk about. She gets carte blanche, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> That's for another I day, another agree. episode. <laughs> uh, so we're still waiting for Dave. He's walking around someplace. Uh, so what I wanted to get to first, boys, is uh, Ghoul. You actually dropped this in the message earlier today, and that's the Joker. Can you hear uh, me? Movie. Yes, we oh. can hear you. All right. Greetings, Talking Terror. Uh, happy birthday, everyone, and carry on <laughs> with your remarks. Okay. Well, we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you finally stopped signing titties and babies from Poland and join us for this episode. Very good. Excuse me. <laughs> so... Like I was saying, uh, Google dropped the trailer for Todd Phillips' Joker film, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, I'm Phoenix. so excited. I know I am. I'm not going to lie. I'm not sarcastic. Uh, but uh, I wanted to get uh, your guys' thoughts on it. So I wanted to start with the Google, and then I'll kind of round it out, because I know I have a couple things I want to say. So, Google, uh watching this show for the first time, what did you think? Uh, I mean, you know, listen, I'm not all that impressed with it. Yet, um, it's an origin story for a character that I never want to see an origin for. A, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, there's been so many iconic performances of the Joker that I feel like it's a very hard role for anybody to take. And when they take it, they're all so busy trying so hard to make it their own. That, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 a very difficult thing to do. So, I mean, yeah. Will I will I see this film? Of course, I'm going to see it. It is a DC universe or whatever they're doing in the DC world now. Um, I guess Did not everything's connected anymore. <laughs> no, because if this was on their streaming service, I wouldn't be seeing it. Um, <laughs> this will this will be theatrical. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I guess. I mean, I'm just not. I'm going in with tempered expectations. Yeah, I think it's reasonable. Uh, Monkey, what did you think about Joker? Okay, I checked this trailer out three times, and yeah, I've also seen some origin stories, because if we're going to talk about the Joker and you know his origin and whatnot, we really can't not talk about um, kind of Brian Boland's The Killing Joke, which I thought had a great uh, background story for the Joker. I thought it was really phenomenal. It has a mm-hmm. lot of layers to the Joker. You know, I, I thought it was a great story. Unfortunately, you know, they they just don't consider anything canon when it's put into a graphic novel and just, you know, not in the regular series, but I thought it was a phenomenal background story for the Joker. But watching this, though, man, it's like, you know, like the ghoul, I'm, I'm taking a step back, man. I'm not getting my hopes up for this. You know, because... They're taking it. They're tr- trying to make it its own, but, but at the same time, we're talking about a character who. What the fuck? Dude, it's called a motorcycle monkey. <laughs> they have those in the real world. <laughs> People rev them and ride them. Okay. <laughs> Somebody open their fucking oh. fridge and saw Zool. <laughs> That's yeah, what it's I was called a motorcycle. Man. Yeah, no. But but we're talking about a character whose origin is just based so deeply in Batman and it's like you know I'm very hesitant to see how they're going to do this without introducing the bat you know and mm-hmm. how they're going to pull this off because it's 
from what it looked like in the trailer, it looks like they're definitely shooting for a 70s type vibe or at least very early 80s. 80s, yeah. Feel in this trailer. And, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see how this pans out. But right now it's like, you know, I'm not getting my hopes up about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc, uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, but I was actually looking forward to seeing if you did, uh, just because I watched of the nothing. Trailer. You did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's what I expected. <laughs> but okay, so you didn't watch it, so that's for sure. You're not being sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. I did not watch the trailer. Uh, I intend to watch the trailer. I just haven't watched it yet because of time and my day today. I assure you, if it was sure. something that if of was higher viewing priority of mine, I would have watched the trailer, but I just didn't get a chance to watch it. Well, I'm really looking forward to getting your opinion when you do get around to watching it, Doc, because like I was talking about with the ghoul and with the monkey before the show started, is I liked how they presented the trailer, where I feel like if I showed this to somebody like the Doc who's not really into comic book movies or comic books in general, superheroes, I think they would kind of dig this movie because it doesn't present itself like you're going to see Batman at any point in this movie. It's presented as you're seeing a guy who has a psychological problem, you know, uh, mental illness, dealing with his mother, dealing with life, being beaten up on. And just like in the killing joke, which I agree with the monkey about it being a fantastic, you know, comic, the Joker says in that comic, all it takes is one bad day. And I feel like that's what you get with this Joker is that you get one bad day and that's all it takes for him to snap and put on some face paint and start causing havoc in a city that isn't quite ready for what he has to bring. Um, and I thought Joaquin Phoenix was great. Uh, you know, it's hard, it's hard, like the cool had said, to, you know, kind of temper expectations. You don't want to go into it thinking this is going to be the greatest Joker film you've ever seen. But I definitely think he is doing something different. He's not trying to be Nicholson. He's not trying to be Ledger. He's definitely not trying to be Leto. Thank God for that. Uh, but he's just trying to be something Why? Different. That Jared Leto is just a dream. Yeah. It's not in Suicide Squad. But it was a weird thing for <laughs> Maybe me. Maybe in my that, so-called life. Yeah, Jordan Catalano. But it was a weird thing for me watching the trailer. And God, you even it. knew his character's name? Wow. Yes, I loved my so-called life when it was on. Are you kidding me? That was a great show. It was a great show at the time, man. Yeah, yeah but I don't. I, I I watched all of the episodes, but I don't. The late the uh, the the main girl, her name was Angela, right? Yep. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah, only that character's Cla- name that, that I remember. That was Claire Danes, wasn't it? Yes, that's it was right. Claire yeah. Danes, and there was, an, there was an episode that Joan Osborne was on, and I don't remember any of the characters' names other than that. And yeah, I watched all of them. Neighbor. There was an extra yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not knowing the character names, but you know, he was good in, uh, <laughs> in, what do you call it, too, recently. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, I didn't see that, mm-hmm. but he, he was good in Fight, Fight Club when he got his face backed in. That was great, yeah. And Requiem for a Dream. I loved him in that film. Um, and Dallas Fires Club. But we got all this going on, and it's just we cannot, though, not, you know, discount the fact that DC just hasn't been able to nail their shit in the theatrical no. world. And it's just, you know, wanted to ask you guys, you know, especially the ghoul who's, you know, watches all of the comic book movies, is, you know, do you think they're actually going to be able to pull this off? Are they going to you know, or they gonna like be stepping all the way back from everything that they've done to sit there and try and create a new universe here, do you guys think? Well, I mean I don't think they're I think they're looking at this now as we're not trying to create a universe anymore. 
I think they're stepping away from that. And instead, what they're going to do is they're going to just simply make movies with these characters. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think they're trying to look to interconnect things. I don't think they're trying to make little little hints and pieces that are all going to fit together. I think what they are working on is just making movies that are actually good, utilizing the characters that they have. Um, and considering, you know, that when you look don't at the Don't they have the great Marvel, characters, though? I'm yeah. not a fan of the DC characters. I mean, that's just me personal, but personally. But, I mean, again, when you look at all the Marvel films, remember something. Marvel's been doing this now for over 10 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, to sit there and say that every single one of those fucking Marvel movies were great, that's just a complete and utter lie. That's a fabrication. There have been mm-hmm. some fucking movies that were just downright terrible, like Dar- Thor the fucking Dark World. You know, I'd I sooner do. fucking watch, I don't know, I- I- I'd sooner watch uh, a child being born from, you know, Mama fucking June than, than watch <laughs> Tour of the Dark World again. Um, yeah, maybe not. I guess that's the problem. That's, no. that's, yeah, you know. I would watch Tour of the Dark World again before I've that. seen a commercial for that <laughs> show once and that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, though, my, my point being is, you know, the Marvel had a lot of hits. They had a lot of misses along the way, but they, they created something that they they planned out over a long-form period of time, and they've stuck with it. Whereas DC is so busy trying to play catch-up with everything, you know? They're like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, we got the Superman movie out. Fantastic. Oh, God, you know they're going to make a fucking Avengers movie? Well, now we've got to get Superman and Batman together. Now we've got to get the whole Justice League together. You know what? Just yeah. make your fucking movies. Make movies that are good with your characters in them, and then that's it. If at some point you guys can figure out a way to put all of that back together again, fantastic. But they need to just work on putting out movies that are at least quality. Yeah. Yeah. And- and that's the way I feel about Joker. I feel like Todd Phillips isn't trying to compete with Marvel. He's just trying to make a movie. Um, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. But I think he's just trying to make a film uh, and release it underneath the DC banner. And uh, to me, like I said, I was impressed. Um, I'm not like, oh, my God, this is going to be the greatest DC movie they've ever released. I don't think that. But I definitely found myself kind of enjoying seeing Joaquin Phoenix in this role and kind of relating to him, you know, having these problems. And, you know, you just have that one bad day where you just get down and dirty one more time and you just snap and that's it, you know, and you just got to beat the fuck out of somebody right next to you because you just can't take it anymore. And I think we're going to see that. And I think it's going to be impressive. I, think it's gonna be I mean, this is going to be the DC universe's version of falling down. Oh, well, yeah. Exactly. I definitely could see it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not financially viable. <laughs> Yeah, I could definitely see it being that way, but I'm looking forward to it. I'll be because, uh, if I go on any. And I know Sorry. that the, the monkey likes the, the Joker with the chemical, you know, makeup, where it's just he's got different chemicals, and that's why he's white and green and red. I just like this yeah. one where he's just dyeing his hair green, and he's putting on face paint purposely because he wants to. Because he's just I like off. the Joker that stapled his face back on. I wish <laughs> he would make that movie. <laughs> Well, I, I'm almost positive that that's the Joker that they have going on in the fucking Gotham series right now. That's what I heard. Yeah, that's the direction they're going with, but I don't know. Um, so we'll see what turns out with that. So uh, with that said, uh, Doc, you want you hit us with some titles that you have for headlines this week. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about, because we've talked about it so many times, it feels that the long 
uh, winding roads of justice will finally potentially be coming to an end. The long battle between uh, Mr. Cunningham and Mr. Miller uh, could mm-hmm. reach a settlement as early as the end of this month. Uh, so, yes. So basically what's happened is that uh, Sean Cunningham has uh, withdrawn his appeal uh, of the initial ruling in Miller's favor and that lawyers on both sides are negotiating a settlement that could be done by the end of April because there's some kind of legal document having to do with the appeal. Uh, they believe that a settlement is possible. Uh, Cunningham knows, or at least allegedly knows, that his chances of winning an appeal uh, are slim and that the appeals process can take up to two and three years and cost a lot of money. Uh, meanwhile, everyone's sitting around not moving forward with any possible uh, business interests involving any of these properties, and it seems that Cunningham and Miller are on the way to finally resolving all of this legal nonsense. Finally. Be glad this whole fucking thing's over. <laughs> Just wrap it up, boys. You know, it's been long enough. It will be curious to see what happens and what direction these properties go in when this is wrapped up. Uh, I know that there is a bunch of content uh, created and ready to go involving the very popular Friday the 13th video game. Mm-hmm. Oh, as really? well as what's yeah. that? Well, there was content that they had to put the brakes on releasing. Yeah, yeah a lot of good stuff. Right? Nothing Cause, cause can ever. <laughs> so, because if I'm correct, the the Friday the 13th game is some is something that's content constantly in, evolving with its content, and uh, they huh. had to stop all all release. If I'm correct about that. And That's right. Yes, uh, I, I know I, they were not allowing any more add-on content or anything as far as like DLC and stuff like that. The game itself was still operating, um, as far as I know. I don't know. I, I don't even have it loaded to my Xbox anymore. Yeah, so. no, the game, uh, the game is the game is still out there. The game is playable. Uh, the, as far from what I understand, the game is still there. The game is still playable. Uh, everything that had been released up until the 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 valve was shut off is still there nothing was taken away uh but new mm-hmm. add-ons new characters new locations all of that had to be stopped uh so right. from what i understand there's like a whole wealth of stuff ready to go involving the game uh i believe that there were talks of a production company that is and this mean this doesn't mean that he's involved in any way uh but a production company that somewhere along the financial food chain that is owned by LeBron James uh was looking to get into the Friday the 13th LeBron. movie business but uh that is something LeBron James uh but that is something <laughs> that uh is obviously also on hold while all of these legal things uh continue uh to press on so it will be Curious to me as a fan of Friday the 13th uh, to see what happens as far as uh, reboots, remakes, reimaginings, recreations, or direct sequels to earlier movies, which is the trend right now. Uh, But it's a franchise that's been laying dormant for 10 years aside from the game, and it'll be curious to see what happens. Agreed. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing this being wrapped up uh, finally and getting some content, hopefully, you know, coming out. So, uh, yeah, just, just deal with it, guys. Like we have said, just deal with it. Like, wrap I it up. I just want mommy yeah. and daddy to stop fighting in court. Exactly. You know, we're crying <laughs> really too hard at this point. <laughs> the kids need to be stated. <laughs> you know, your kids are upset. You know, give them something. You know, we'll just, you know, end it. This isn't Kramer versus Kramer. You know, come on, guys. 
<laughs> or irreconcilable differences with Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Doc, what's next? Um, sticking with, you know, the Mount Rushmore of horror franchises, if you want to call them that, uh, not long ago, and I'm pretty sure we talked about it on this show, uh, there was mm. talk about uh, lost scenes uh, that were filmed for Halloween 5 involving uh, what was to be the original opening with a character called Dr. Death. Yep. And uh, they talked about how, uh, you know, this had come to light, that uh, this footage that was created with this character, Dr. Death, who uh, was the one who gave the, the thorn tattoo and whatnot, uh, and all that, how that footage had been lost uh, to, yeah. to time. And, uh, you know, we obviously got a much different opening to Halloween 5 and no character of Dr. Death. But today or yesterday, uh, Donald Shanks, who played Michael Myers in Halloween 5, uh, shared photos from a I don't know if it was a newly discovered or explored storage space uh, with five giant film boxes all labored uh, labeled uh, from their filming dates. And they all say Dr. Death on them. Uh, so he is indicating that this material has possibly been found, uh, you know, and uh, it's a, there's a chance that the public will uh, kind of get a chance to see this. Uh, and then aside from the Dr. Death footage, and again, it's not been confirmed that it's been found, but he shared photos of these film boxes. Uh, there also uh, was talk about a possible finding of footage from that movie that also shows uh, Michael Myers massacring the SWAT team. So yeah. it will be curious to see what happens with that stuff. I'm going on the just kind of the way the boxes were presented in the photo and what I've known about this story. I'm thinking that maybe this has just been kind of a teaser. Um, I know I'm going to sound a lot like the ghoul with his fucking conspiracy theories all the time, but that this has maybe uh, been a long uh, simmering, long gestating way to drum up publicity for a yet another special edition release of some type. Uh, that's going to include all of this material, especially Halloween 5 being one of the lesser popular uh, films in the series. But it'll be curious to see that footage for sure. I saw Halloween 5 in the movie theater uh, and being remember uh, being tremendously disappointed by the long wait for Halloween 6 and then the tremendous disappointment of seeing Halloween 6. So uh, I will be curious to see these scenes, and I hope that they do see the light of day if they, in fact, have been found. Well, I will go in on that, uh, like you just said, Doc, about the conspiracy theory, because this year does mark the 30th anniversary of Halloween Part 5. It was released in 1989, so it would kind of make sense for them to have a special edition that they want to release for people uh, to include these scenes of Dr. Death. Um, so, yeah, I had seen the pictures that Don Shanks had posted, but I kind of think it's a, yeah, one of those things where they already had it. They were just kind of making it seem like it was a mystery as to where these scenes were and how they found them and how they're going to include them in a DVD or Blu-ray release. Either way, I'm excited to see. I just want to see how different that opening was. Because according to Don Shanks, it's got a great kill with Michael and Dr. Death. So I'm really kind of hoping to see that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sound like me. Is that because I sounded like you? <laughs> Yes. Yes. But like, you know, uh, like Ghoul, Monkey, what do you think? Do you think it really matters that they found this extra footage, or do you just think that whatever, it doesn't matter? Like, I don't like Halloween 5, so I'm not going to really seek out a special edition that includes an alternate opening. I don't no, hate man. Halloween 5. I don't hate it as much as I hate Halloween 6. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, you know, I, I don't know. I guess if it's got some other stuff, I, I'm not going to run out and go buy it. But Because um, right. I, I have them all on Blu-ray anyway in a big box set that includes the two Rob Zombie movies. Um, Good for you. But, <laughs> right? Good for me. <laughs> Um, especially because I don't think uh, the, all the Halloween movies are available digital. Otherwise, I would have bought them already. Um, mm. So that's it's one of the series that I don't have every single film digitally. So if maybe, maybe if what they do is, is if they release all mm. of the films digitally and this film in this particular version is available in that manner, then I might get it. Um, yeah. I would just like if there was some nudity in it because some of the chicks in Halloween 5 were some of the best parts of it. And I would certainly have liked to have seen a little bit more of them. Uh, we had we had we had uh, someone from that film on the show, correct? Tamara Glenn. Yeah, she was uh, in part of part five, so she was on the show. We uh, interviewed her, the ghoul and I, uh, back in the early days of Talking Terror. And me, she's a very nice sad. lady. I remember <laughs> being sad to miss that one. No, it was a great, but, uh, great interview, great conversation. Uh, and and me personally, it's like I I'm just one of those people where, um, especially with older movies, I, I just hate it when parts of movies just get lost to time. You know, um, you know things get lost in the vaults, things disappear that were in vaults, and you always hear of a vault fire or something like that, and just parts of the movies are lost forever. And I'm just excited that they might have possibly, you know, found some footage to have a complete movie. Well, mm-hmm. what's great about when stuff gets lost? Uh, whether it's film, and there's been situations similar to this with music, is that there is always the potential, uh, obviously, a fire or actual, like, yeah, well, you know, obviously a confirmed destruction because of a location fire or something like that is one thing, but, like, when something gets lost to time that you think is gone forever, uh, you know, uh, it's always cause for celebration when something like that gets rediscovered. I mean, ghoul, uh, totally separate topic than our horror genre here, but like there was a massive stash of shit that was lost and got found in the fucking storage lockers and got, you know, had a huge fucking influential impact on our lives with the belongings of the Betty Cantor Jackson reels. So, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So it's very exciting when something like that gets found and, I am a fan of Halloween 5. I'm a fan of the Halloween 4 and 5 storyline, and for this stuff to come to light, I would be stoked to see it. Yes. Um, yeah, plus it would add more to Halloween 6, though, because of the occult implications of Dr. Death. Nothing fixes Halloween 6. Nothing fixes Halloween In a way, it does, though. It kind of fixes Nothing fixes Halloween 6. If this makes Halloween Dude. 5 have a stronger connection to Halloween 6, all this it is going Halloween to do is ruin Halloween 5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So maybe it's better that they don't release it. But, but why are you laughing? You fucking like Halloween 6. I love Halloween 6. It's his so favorite hard. movie. So it, it's one of my favorite sequels in that franchise. So, yeah. I'd be happy to see that alternate footage because it adds more freedom to you. over Paul Rudd, dude. I, 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 I talked about Ant-Man? this back yeah. in October. I, refer- I mentioned this back in October, and Halloween 6 was on, like, the AMC fucking, you know, Month of Horror, and yeah. it was the first time that I had watched one minute of that movie in, in probably since the first time I saw it, and I couldn't believe how much of a cheap shit, low-rent, like, T 
TV fucking movie that movie looked like. I, was, I wasn't even paying attention to the content and what was happening. I just couldn't believe how cheap that movie looked. <laughs> and this is not yeah. a debate. We're not trying to get into the debate nope. about the Halloween. No, hey, listen. Everybody's you know. got their opinions. I respect them. I mean, I love Halloween 6. That's the way it is. But, you know, either way, like the docket said, I always get excited when I hear about lost footage. You know, oh, we, we found the reel from A Nightmare on Elm Street or Night of the Living Dead. It's like, yes, restore it and release it because I want to see it. That's always exciting. Mm-hmm. So yes. it's, it's great. So. Um, okay, so what else do you have for us, Doc? Unbeknownst to me, and maybe it was known to you, was that there are four movies in the Ghoulies series. Yeah, and I did not know that. I was, yeah, no, I was kind of, I, you know, when I was reading up on this story, I was kind of surprised. I was like, there's four fucking movies in the Ghoulie series? Like, I definitely knew there was two, and maybe yeah. somewhere, somewhere rattling around in the well, fucking recesses well, no, of my three brain. three when they go to college. Ghoulies yes, go to right. school or whatever that one is. Really? Yep, Ghoulies go to college. No, and nope, nope, then I definitely didn't know there was anything else but Ghoulies 1 and 2, because I was about to <laughs> yep. say... I was about to say somewhere rattling around in the recesses of my brain, there's something that's – there's some little light flickering that says that I know about Ghoulies 3. I certainly didn't know about a you part know of Ghoulies 3. Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies 3 go to college. Was, called, was called Ghoulies Go to College, and I don't think yeah. I know anything about it. But anyway, they talk uh, apparently, as we've talked about uh, recently on the show with some different uh, additions, there is actually going to be – uh, available, hopefully, well, uh, not for me, hopefully, but for Ghoulies fans, by Halloween, an official <laughs> Ghoulies, uh, Ghoulies ca- companion coffee table book that is going to document the creation of all four Ghoulies films with participation from over 40 cast members and crew members. Uh, you know, a, a big celebration coffee table book to celebrate all four Ghoulies films uh, looking good on your preferred bookseller's shelves uh, wow. by Halloween. <laughs> I'd buy I, that book. It's, not even going to lie. I'd buy that book. <laughs> I, I was about to... My next comment was going to be, who in their right fucking mind is going to pay money for that shit? And my question <laughs> has been answered. Yeah, <laughs> goddamn right. I love the Ghoulie series. So yes, I would buy that. And the Amityville book. And the Tom Savini book. My well, I, I know you're going to buy the fucking Tom Savini book, and I know you're going to buy the Amityville book, but like, I'm, I don't, maybe I'm, I, we've never really talked about ghoulies. I, I, maybe, I'm, maybe I don't know your, your take on ghoulies, so maybe I'm, I'm not fan. surprised. But, uh, you know, I just, yeah. I just could, I mean, uh, I am not a bookmaker or a bookseller. I have nothing to do with the book industry other than I read books with my students. But right. I, 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 Maybe I am undershooting the fandom in the Ghoulies universe, but like I would imagine I it's quite so. an expense. <laughs> I'm I'm imagining it's quite an expense to put together a book like this, and I just I just don't, don't know if the audience is out there to support it. And maybe I'm totally wrong. And Ghoulies has a huge fan base that is chomping at the bit for something like this, and they're gonna they're gonna buy it up, and it's gonna be everyone's gonna be happy. But I I don't know. I was just kind of surprised that uh you know. The, the Ghoulies is getting this kind of treatment from people and, involved. And then once I don't sales think you're wrong. skyrocket from this, once scale, sales skyrocket from this book, then Sci-Fi is going to make a Ghoulies 5. <laughs> Are they not well, already? I'm sure they're developing one. And I say that with a heart <laughs> full of sarcasm. <laughs> they're too busy working on critters. Sorry, Ghoul, what were you going to say? 
No, I just all I was saying was that uh, I think that the doc is kind of onto something a little bit here, but I think what this really is is it's another right. case of 80s popularity. You know, mm-hmm. they're going to throw something out there and see if it sticks. Um, you know, obviously, they, they have whatever they have to put this book together. They've got somebody willing to work on it. And, you know, it's one of those those 80s franchises that were popular, you know, real quick and then faded real fast. So, you know, if they can That's reinvigorate true. another creature feature, you know, what better thing to do than to get that out there? Because, you know, next thing you know, they'll have a fucking kids cartoon about them. They probably already um, did, but you know. There's I'm, also uh, there's also going to be a, a smaller book uh, involving the munchies. Oh, I buy that too. I love munchies. I'm just <laughs> being a fucking jerk. That's a total lie. That's not. Oh, I remember a munchies book. Is that your April Fool's joke? <laughs> no, I'm just being an asshole. So, oh, listen, uh, to the, listen to the doc putting out fake news. Oh. <laughs> but. I, re- uh, I retracted uh, my story immediately. Yes, yes, Kate. The uh, the Ghoulies book, is it like one of those Indiegogo things where they're like, we have a book, but you have to donate? No, I have not seen anything about crowdfunding, uh, mm. just that they are putting together. I have not seen any. There was nothing about crowdfunding. There was no link to a, to a, um, to any okay. GoFundMe or Kickstarter or any of that. I didn't see anything involving that. I'm not saying that it's not out there. But I'm saying yeah. in the reports that I'm reading and that I'm reporting from, I did not see anything about a crowdfunding effort. Because there was, uh, I think it was two years ago, I want to say, there was an author, I can't remember his name now, he was actually creating a, a Halloween series type book, like Crystal Lake Memories, and he was going to make a coffee table book all about every Halloween film. Uh, and I love that and, book. And but the problem is that the author couldn't get the money together to develop the entire book. I mean, this is before crowdfunding became a huge thing. So he ended up canceling the project. And I think that's kind of sad because Halloween is a big series. Uh, and I would love to have seen a coffee table book uh, on all the films, just like Crystal Lake Memories, like the Google had said, one of his favorite books. I think that the Halloween series, even the Nightmare on Elm Street series, I think deserves one of those treatments. I think that would be great for any collector. How big of a coffee table you want, King? I want the biggest one ever. <laughs> Ikea size Bjorn, whatever the fuck they call it. I want that coffee table because I have a lot of books to put on it. And it's got to hold the weight. <laughs> um, all right, so we have that. Uh, what else do we have for a stock? Boner material. Uh, so as I've said on the show before, um, Adrian Barbeau taking those taking those things out in Swamp Thing is one of oh, yeah. you know one of those impacting wow. moments in in my life. And <laughs> we had talked talked recently how she is going to be returning to the Swamp Thing series. Okay. Uh, she also is going to be returning uh, for a small part in one of her older properties as well. I have reported on this show previously about the upcoming Shudder uh, Creepshow series, and Adrian Barbeau is returning to p- play a part in what that's going to be maybe 10 or 12 episodes, but she is going to be playing a part in the Creepshow uh, Shudder series, an episode that's going to be based on Stephen King's story, Grey Matter. Mm. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to that. Well, that means of Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> 
Boobie <laughs> Barbo. Boobie Barbo. Two of my favorite things in the world. <laughs> What's that? Her boobs? Her titties. <laughs> Couldn't can you have seen them in person this weekend before your leg was like, I'm so weak, I can't do it. Blow oh, me. Okay. That was fucking mean, bro. <laughs> hey, I have provided really so much cold right there. I, dude, I've provided so much relief for you recently, brother. Uh uh, to to deal with these situations, but wasn't she one of the guests? I, I don't mean to be a dick, but wasn't she one of the guests this yes. round? She was one of the guests that I was looking forward to meeting, and no, I did not get to meet her because yes, I could not fucking attend the horrorcon because the ghoul girl put the squash on that shit due to the fact that my leg is fucked up still. Still, is it still fucked up? Yeah, it sucks. I meant to check. Not a fan. Not at all. Hmm. Moving on from Barbos, what else do we have? So, um, I'm not a huge fan of the work of uh, Jim Jarmusch. Uh, I find that he is highly overrated in, like, the art cinema direction. I feel Mm -hmm. some of his stuff has been all right, but uh, it's been announced that he has directed uh, a film, a zombie film, a zombie comedy film called The Dead Don't Die. Mm-hmm. A zombie a zombie comedy film that's going to be starring none other than Bill Murray and what? is mm-hmm. going to have a, an addition, in addition to that a, quite a cast including Adam Driver, Tilda Swinton, Steve Buscemi, Selena Gomez, Carol Kane, Danny Glover, Rosie Perez, Iggy Pop, RZA, Tom. Did I say Tom Waits? I apologize if I'm repeating Tom Waits. Did you say uh, RZA? RZA. RZA. RZA has done RZA RZA. sound. Well, is it is it RZA? I don't I'm, I don't know, man. I don't know this. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. From Wu Tang. All right, I didn't know it was the pronunciation. I thought I thought you were saying it like surprised that like. I well yes I am a white guy you say that like it's an insult you fucking, um, you fucking Caucasian wow. yeah, uh, the RCA and the GZA will have cameos. the RCA represents so what how do you pronounce that RZA yeah yeah RZA. RZA okay so RZA I know has done soundtrack work for Jim you need Harris to go see past, more Jordan so. Peele movies <laughs> well next week is my spring break and number one priority on my spring break is seeing us. Uh, okay. So I will be seeing that next week, and uh, I, I'm hoping for an all African American cat. But um, reach out to me, Doc. Yes, yeah, so, hear your thoughts. So we have quite. Yeah, we'll be sharing them, and uh, I'm thinking that I have heard not a peep about this movie. No. And no. then, and then it's like here's the trailer. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel I'm, and this is coming out June 14th, so uh, it's not that far off. Um, just kind of curious to see what direction that uh, Jim Jarvis is going to go because, like I said, like he's like this. He, he makes these strange movies. Um, what has he done? I don't know the what's name. What's that? What has he done? I don't know the name too well. He has done Coffee and Cigarettes. Uh, he's oh, done. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah, he's done work. He's done a lot of work with Tom Waits. Uh, he did yeah. a, a weird movie with Johnny Depp with a strange Neil Young soundtrack called Dead Man. 
Uh, I've seen that movie once. It's a very bizarre movie. Uh, I guess maybe by name his most popular and one that I'm a true fan of is Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai with Forrest Whitaker. Okay, um, mm-hmm. I know that one. If, yeah. if, if you haven't Big seen Ghost Dog, that that's, a, like that that's a strange, movie, bizarre, good movie. Um, Broken Flowers. Um, I'm just kind of looking at the list right now. But like, he's like an he's an art he's like an artiste. He makes like these strange, yeah. bizarre art movies. And uh, I'm curious. You know, I've been using that word a lot tonight. I can't wait to see what he's come up with, like a <laughs> zombie movie, uh, to enter to enter this. Uh, you know this world of ours that he really Doctor has uh, had a had a had a voice in. Yeah, I mean, the you're the one that's always brilliant. talking about penis oh, and asshole, say. buddy. Big dick, big dick and pooters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the show was fun. Um, all the all the character actors are going to be in it. Carol Kane, I think that's the one that you didn't mention. She's yeah, also no, I, I said in... Carol Kane. I said Carol. Oh, you did. Okay. Carol Kane. I didn't Steve, know. Steve Carol Kane. Okay. Uh, Rosie Perez, another pair, another great pair of boobs in Rosie Perez. Um, of course. <laughs> yeah, if you're in <laughs> <a> Blackjack. <laughs> Why not? Uh, like hey, 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 monkey! I I strongly I'm advise you. I yeah, exactly. I was about to say I strongly advise you to go take a look at the shower and lovemaking scene uh, in White Men Can't Jump from 1992 again, and maybe revise your thoughts about that. <laughs> I want to screw. I want to screw. Yeah. <laughs> I will never bring you water when you're thirsting in our bed. You know why? Understand dry mouthedness and I'd sympathize instead. And if you take me back again, I won't be such a slob. I fucking, I fucking love that movie, man. And that was in my brain, like in the top. Of, I'm not looking that shit up. That's right in my brain, bro. No. Yeah. That's amazing. She knows, she knows seven foods that start with the letter Q. <laughs> Food that start with you. Kish, quesadilla, quince, quahas, quince, quahas, quino. Dude, aside from having some fucking baller fucking basketball action, White Men Can't Jump has some interesting fucking race exploration. I fucking love that movie. That's a fucking gem from the early 90s. Better than Do the Right Thing? Different. Yeah, different. Different. Okay, because I've never seen it, so. I've only seen, like, never seen White Men Can't Jump? Only bits and pieces on 10 11 back in the day, like in the 90s. I never sat down and watched the entire thing. Oh, wow, dude. Multiple times. So, that's where my tastes are. Okay. Um, So, Doc, did you uh, hear any news about the new Ghostbusters movie? And I, yeah, I mean, I, I've like, I, you know, I've seen some little blurbs here and there. Uh, you know, I, I haven't been paying as close attention to it as, as I yeah, would have yeah. thought that I would have been paying close attention to it. Um, I'm sure at some point I'll be like, you know what? Oh shit. I got to read up on what's going on with the ghostbusters and I'll, I'll do some reading, but I haven't been paying super close attention. No, just I because either. I came. Yeah. No, just because I came across an article where um, Finn Wolfhard had the audition for Ghostbusters, and he, apparently okay. he had no idea that he was auditioning for Ghostbusters because it was super super quiet. The whole project was, you know, super oh, wow. secretive, and yeah, they no, weren't t- telling him that it was that. 
You know, I haven't I haven't yeah. seen any anything yeah. along those lines. Yeah. No, and I haven't. So, so, good call. Yeah, so, so they're in talks with him, and right now they're also in talks with Carol Danvers, who you know just recently played Captain Marvel, to. Three, the well, no, Carol Danvers Three is Larson's Captain, like Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Three Larson <laughs> yeah. is the name of the actress. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You're you're right. Um, but yeah, comic and nerd fucking butt revoked. <laughs> but they're talking about having um, her play the mom and him playing the kid, hmm. and them going out into the middle of the country, you know, to get away from shit. And somehow they find a Ghostbusters shit. I, I don't know. We talked about <laughs> that though, but how it's going to be kind of like Stranger Things, Ghostbusters stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm 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 curious about it. You know, I'm not super curious about it. It's not you know high up on my list of. Uh, things it's going on in the world of cinema, really but I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely, definitely interested. Huh? It's it's on my <laughs> so, radar, but not my strongest radar. No, Whereas the ghoul would not. say his gaydar. But anyway, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the clock right now. I'm looking at the clock right now, and there's two more You're things I want to talk about before right the now? king, before the king starts clock. having having a conniption fit about the time. So uh, moving on. Uh, one, <laughs> yeah. we've talked. We've Don't talked you so have much a about fit, King. <laughs> oh my God! I'm just gonna take. I mean, we have to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, for Christ's sake. Um, we've talked so much about <laughs> we've talked so much about the upcoming Pet Cemetery remake. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm drinking too much Chardonnay early on. Uh, Chardonnay, we're, fancy. We're, I mean, live in California, dude. Like fucking right next to wine country. Um, <laughs> sitting in Napa right so now. We've talked so much about about. The Pet Cemetery remake, and Stephen King himself uh, has said, oh, shit. and I quote, that it's this movie's gonna scare the shit out of you. He said it's, <laughs> he said it's fucking great. He said Ooh. that it's a grown-up adult movie, and I quote, it's not twelve <laughs> semi-clad teens getting killed at summer camp. That it's a grown-up movie. Timely um, reference, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, and uh, seriously. And meanwhile, uh, you know, if you want to talk about grown-up horror movies, books has Stephen King fucking written that had twelve-year-old fucking kids getting killed or somewhat getting involved with? No, he didn't say twelve-year-old kids. He said twelve scantily clad teens. Yes, at a oh, summer camp. Okay, gotcha. But he's still in nineteen eighties. <laughs> but <laughs> it's funny that he's I only partially to reference to what you had to say. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you know, it said that he he that this is a grown-up adult film, and that's interesting to hear because uh, you know his his grown-up adult horror film was just a huge box office smash last year, uh, two years ago. Sorry, with um with it, and yeah. uh, you know the highly anticipated follow-up that's coming out in this September. So uh, you know, I'm sure there's an element of just kind of trying to trying to boost anticipation and sell tickets, but. You know, that's some word from the fucking from the man himself. So I'm passing it along to you, whether you're listening to me or not. Yes, because he got a paycheck. Thank you, Stephen, for that quote. Here's your paycheck. Okay, I'm going to write a story about a killer land next. But, Thank but, you, Stephen. But, but I wanted to ask you guys, do you think Stephen King is actually getting some kind of pullback that he used to have back in the day? Because, you know, you put, put his name on anything, it would turn into fucking gold. But no, no, not always his movie properties. And he's had he's had several books over the years that have not done very well. Uh, I feel like his name hasn't been gold. Like his 
his def- his name is definitely on an upswing in in the movie business the last several yep. years. Um, but, but they're also movies that are owned by other companies and probably have been owned by other companies. And if you know, like it's it's kind of like the whole Sony Spider Man thing. You know, like let's say whoever produced it you know, just bought the rights to it. Well, they just bought it from another movie company. You know, that movie company's been sitting on the rights to it because they figured eventually maybe they'll make another movie or something. Maybe it's so, not like maybe not. We, 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 maybe. We, we don't know what kind of deals King struck. We don't know if he, if he signed deals where that shit is out there in the ether for a certain amount of time and then refer, reverts back to him. And then goes uh, we back don't, we to don't him. Necessarily... Yeah, we don't know all of the facts it, surrounding that stuff. But we know him and his fucking, his attitude and his desire to make movies like that. And most we do. of the times, he would end up, yeah, I mean, we've seen Maximum Overdrive and his other shit. Yeah, but that's like over like 35 <laughs> you know. years ago or something, you know? And mm-hmm. Stephen King's The Shining, um, you know, Ooh. which Ooh. was great. No, Stephen King's The Shining wasn't that great. That was an ABC oh, miniseries that he did. It was fantastic. <laughs> Stephen Weber chomping on the fucking scenery. Wings. <laughs> it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Compared to Kubrick. Yeah, no, you're right. Okay. No, we we don't know for sure what the deals are. No, we don't. Right. I feel <laughs> he wants movies made from his stuff, but I I would guess that he is kind of. Uh, protective of that stuff and signs deals that gives that has some built-in protections for his properties. That would be my guess. And I, again, I, I have no idea. Them, yeah. I know nothing about it, but that would be my guess. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. I think. Yeah, I would definitely think Jew, so I might just want to get paid as much as possible and not care what happens. Sure. <laughs> All right. So going, going well, away from I mean, saying sh- this is being I'm sure ahead, there's two parts to that, though. I'm sure he likes being paid as much as possible, but at the same time, too, you know, you, you created this world, you created this story, you saw these characters or these, you know, the, these events in a specific way, and the fact that they're getting created on screen now, maybe more towards what you had seen when you created them. I think is something that is different now because of the technology available. So, you know, but at the same time too, we do see a lot, a lot of his movies are getting twists and turns added to them that were not in the original source material. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. He likes it. And the final thing I have before I, I can like, I feel like I, I feel the King watching the clock and starting to sweat with his growing anticipation to talk about his film. I have one final thing I want to talk about very quickly. We don't, even, we, don't, we don't even have to comment on it. I just want to share this news. I read about a, another movie today uh, that I had never heard about coming up before. It's a Fangoria production uh, that's going to be called the VFW uh, that has put together a cast of like, oh, hell yeah. some, like some genre, some genre guys starring yep. uh, William Sadler, uh, Fred Williamson, Martin Cove, David Patrick Kelly and none other than Norm from Cheers, Jordan Went, uh, George Went, VFW. Uh, uh, it's being billed as like a a wild bunch, which is a Peck and Paw masterpiece. Peck and Paw is one of my favorites, uh, but Peck, a wild bunch meets Night of the Living Dead, where all of this cast is uh, some military veterans that like to hang out and shoot the shit and drink beer at their VFW. And uh, one night, a teen comes stumbling in that needs help. Uh, because he is being hunted by a gang of zombie mutant punks. And these military vets 
have to protect not only the team, Fuckers. but their beloved BFW. So uh, that sounds wait. super fun. That sounds super fun to me, like a siege protection movie uh, yeah. starring a bunch of fucking great fucking faces from the genre. And, um, and yeah, so I just wanted to report on that because I thought it sounded super cool and I had not heard one inkling about it thus far. Yeah, so it's Ameri- I posted so that. Um, yeah, go ahead, monkey. Oh, I was going to say, so it's an American version of Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> no, no, definitely not Shaun of the Dead. This is more like Assault on Precinct 13. More like okay. a siege movie where, yeah, the, the punks are mutants, but you also have a drug dealer involved that's leading the punk mutants. You know, with the VFW heroes like Fred Williamson and Martin Cove and William Sadler. So this is more in line with 70s exploitation siege movies like uh, Falcon Precinct 13. And that's why it caught my attention because it's not like Shaun of the Dead. It's not zombies necessarily. They're just strung out fucking punk mutants. And I was like, all right, I'm in because this is kind of harkening back to that 70s aspect, which I love so much. And I love the fact that somebody's trying to bring it back and make a movie. Yeah, man. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But before we get into the movie real quick, I'm surprised, Doc, you did not bring this up during horror news. The A-list actor, quote-unquote, has been found for child Oh, care. yeah. Yeah, we, we talked about this in our message group. You are right. Go ahead, King. Lay it on us. So the A-list actor that has been found uh, was just announced at WonderCon this past weekend, and it's none other than Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill will be voicing Chucky the Doll in the new Child's Play reboot by MGN and Orion. A-list actor? I don't think so. But hey, listen, they got Mark Hamill. So I wanted to get real quick what you guys thought about Mark Hamill being cast as the voice. I think it's really funny. One, I and I said this in our message. Wait, Monkey, were you about to say something and I cut you off? No, you go ahead. Uh, I, I said the same exact thing in our group chat. I'll just say this and keep it brief. Uh they, they pitched to us an A-list celebrity. Uh, Mark Hamill is a legend. He's fucking Luke Skywalker. I wouldn't necessarily call Mark Hamill A-list. Uh, but what I will say is that I learned today that Mark Hamill has previously voiced Chucky in episodes of The Robot Chicken Show, which is one of the most favorite things of mine to watch when I'm stoned on marijuana. Yes, he has. <laughs> 14 years ago was the first time he did it. So, uh, I yeah. think he could pull it off. Um, I definitely no. think that he's a great voice actor, obviously with the Joker on the Batman animated series. Uh, so, Ghoul Monkey, what do you think about Mark Hamill being the new Chucky? Uh, again, not A-list, you know, it, in the eyes of the rest of the world, but, yeah, he's, a, in my opinion, a great voice actor. You know, I love his voice work. Um, and, you know, if they're bringing that, him on and bringing him into the fold, you know, I'm all for it. I would. Lo- I can't wait to see what he brings to the Chucky. Mm-hmm. Go. What do you think? I mean, again, I, I definitely don't think he is what you would call an A-list actor. And I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. He's not. I love Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah. He's not A-list. You know, A-list is you know kind of like we had said in the message board. A-list is like George Clooney. You know, A-list yeah. is getting fucking. You know, I don't know Jake Gyllenhaal. You know, well, somebody Brad that's Brad like. You know, somebody yeah. that's Brad really like, Pitt, and even Matt Jake Gyllenhaal Damon, is like fucking like, B-level at this A-list, point. Man. <laughs> yeah. um, 
So, you know, being that it's Mark Hamill, though, yeah, I mean, the guy is a fantastic voice actor. Um, I know he can absolutely 100% do Cop it, he can, and he, he's going to do Cop something knocker. that's going to be fantastic with it. Yes, <laughs> cock knocker. Cock knocker. He is the cock knocker. Um, but, yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of excited for, for it. I liked the April Fool's joke that I saw, which showed Brad Dorff getting cast as Luke Skywalker. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's really funny. That's really funny. I thought that was rather fun. It was good. Um, but, yeah, like we had all said, I'm looking forward to hearing what he can do. I know I, uh, I posted on the Facebook page, we're talking to her, and somebody said, oh, great, now he's just going to sound like the Joker. And I was like, no, I think he's going to do something different. I think he's capable of not doing the Joker uh, and putting his own spin on the Chucky doll. You know, I think he's more than capable of doing his voice actor. We'll see. It's like while he's a you know he does good with his voice acting and whatnot. You, it has gotten to a point where you can tell because he has developed one or two signature Mark Hamill voices that he uses for a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. when, you know, so we'll see whether or not he reverts to one of those you know one of those or if he's going to create something new for the world of Chucky. Yeah, looking forward to it either way, uh, and we'll see what happens. So going from one horror villain icon in Chucky to another one in Weatherface uh, is my pick tonight, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2, 1986, directed by Toby Hooper. Uh, the plot is simply this. Texas Ranger Lefty Enright has sought revenge against Weatherface and his family for killing his kin. That includes Sally and Franklin from the original, Sally being locked in a mental hospital forever because she saw hell through a window in that house in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film. Weatherface and the family now are running a barbecue joint called the Rolling Barbecue West Roundup. Lefty Enright wants his revenge one night at a local DJ. Here's two men on a bridge get killed by Weatherface with a vicious chainsaw shot. And now with that tape, Lefty Enright wants to war these cannibal family out of where they're hiding and kill them once and for all with the help of Stretch, played by Karen Williams. So with that said... I picked this movie because I, when I first saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 when I was younger, I didn't like it because I felt like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you can't have a sequel to it. It stands alone. It's one of those movies where you can't really kind of expound on Weatherface. It works in a one-off film. But I like the fact that Toby came back for it and made it funny. He made a comedy out of the horror that was the original film. So when I got older, I kind of appreciated it a little bit more. I appreciated Bill Mosley as Chopped Up, you know, and I find it now hilarious. And I love to compare him, uh, Chopped Up, to Otis in The Devil's Rejects and House of Southern Corpses and kind of compare the two psychopaths, you know, who's more crazy, Otis or Chopped Up. So I like doing that with argument. Uh, but with that being said, uh, Ghoul, I'll kick it off with you. What do you think about Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2? I do my best to not. Um think about it <laughs> this um, was a movie that I saw when I was young and you know when I was younger sure there were bits and pieces of this movie that I found entertaining but ultimately I found this to be so disappointing because it was not what I had assumed the sequel to the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre would be um, right. Right. so that being said you know I know I've probably seen it 
maybe uh you know not even in completion but maybe once or twice since then watched a couple minutes of it or whatever and then turned it off you know this is one of those films that you always hear about it was one of those movies that just nobody really understood what the director was going for at the time. And that's why it's one of those quote unquote cult classics. Now, like, listen, man, it's a fucking bad movie. If you like the movie, God bless you. It's fantastic that you like it. And I can appreciate that you enjoy this movie. I've got no problem with that. It does not make it a good movie. It does not make it a misunderstood movie. This is just a bad fucking movie. This is what happens when somebody seems to have a fucking plot for something else entirely, but then says, hey, you know what? I've got these characters that I haven't used in fucking 14 years. Let me stick them in the movie as well. Um, Just, yeah. Like I said, I don't like to think about this movie. I hated having to fucking watch it today. I, I wasn't even, I was so thrilled in a way that I couldn't find the movie. Uh, but then you had to tell me about the 2B TV thing, and then I had to check my fucking television apps. Uh, sure as shit, I have there. to watch it. Yep, <laughs> it was all fuck. I actually have to watch this fucking thing. And, uh, yep. So, so there I am. I, I am here. I've watched it. I slept through most of it, but I watched it. All right. Uh, Doc, what do you think about Sex Chains of Massacre Part 2? I mean, all right. I don't know if I'm going to go as far as the ghoul is going right there, but uh, this is just, it's a massive disappointment to me. Uh, This is one that I had only seen once prior, and uh, that, that viewing goes way, way, way back, you know, uh, what is the year of the film, King? 86. 86. 86. Yeah. I saw this movie no later than 1990, I'm going to guess. Um, probably in that 89, 90 range is where I probably saw it. And I haven't seen it since. Uh, there were certain things that have like stood out in my mind from it. Um, I feel like the imagery, the movie box, the poster, I feel like all of that stuff stands out way more in my mind than the actual film itself. So I sit down mm-hmm. and watch this movie again. And right. I, did some, I did some companion reading about how uh, they were looking to make a black comedy and how in the original movie that all that black comedy was there for us to find, which I disagree with strongly. And I looked for those elements, and yeah, like I saw some funny things involving like, oh, like America society and over you know over consumption and whatnot. But like for the most part, like it just yeah right. I, I I have expressed on the show before that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise of all of like the Rushmore franchises is the one that has been exactly. shittered on the most by people that right. create more movies in this series and. I think that what the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 uh, creation and presentation does right off the bat is just fucking sully everything that was so fucking masterful about the original. Um, And aside from that, and this is something that I totally didn't remember, all of the sequences with with, uh, fucking Chop Top and fucking Pops with their fucking nonstop fucking talking, saying the same shit over and over and over again was so fucking annoying. Um, With that being said, there's also Dennis Hopper, and I love Dennis Hopper. Uh, I know he says that this is the worst fucking film he's ever made. Mm -hmm. Um, But he said said that about about other things as well. 
Uh, Listen, but, okay, look, uh, the only thing that I'll say is this, man. This is not the worst film he ever made because, you know what? He fucking was also in the Super Mario Brothers movie. And that yeah. was a fucking, that was an atrocity of a film, okay? Which well, played King fucking Koopa. But, but the thing is, is that he has said, he has said equally that that is also the worst movie that he's ever made. Um, truthfully. Uh, but anyway... Uh, you know, watching this movie was just an exercise in, for me in seeing, uh, and I know Toby Hooper did not direct this, right? He was, was he the director. No, oh, he, no, he, he didn't write it. This. But he was, he didn't write it. No, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Okay. So he directed this movie, but didn't write it. And I just feel that. And I'm sure in this discussion we'll get into a little bit about what makes the Texas Chainsaw Massacre such a masterpiece. And we've talked about it on the show before because we yeah. end up sometimes drifting back to talking about the Friday the 13th and the Halloweens and the Nightmares and the, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacres. But I just feel that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for what the original movie was, like completely misses the mark here as far as mm-hmm. its, 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 its creation. You know, uh, I, I enjoyed watching it for the to seeing what things came back to my memory and what I remembered uh, as things unfolded on the screen. Um, you know, so there was that side of it because I haven't seen this movie in so many years. But overall, it just, it, I watch this movie and I think this is a disservice to the Texas Chains Massacre. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bucky, what do you think about Texas Chains Massacre Part 2? Okay, this is um, finally my first time seeing this movie. <laughs> I've wanted to check this I'm movie sorry. out for a long time. <laughs> got, got, finally got a chance to watch this movie and just, what wow. you should watch you fucking wish for, bro. <laughs> oh, man. It's, yeah, it's like, uh, while this movie is definitely nothing like you know, the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's like, but at the same time, <clears throat> I lost my shit when I saw Dennis Hopper in the you know in the opening credits. You know, I was like, "Oh fuck, really?" Because <laughs> I fucking love him. Um, you know, and I yeah, love I, Monkey, the role I, just, that, I have a, I have a question. I have I just have a quick question when you said the Dennis Hopper thing because, uh, you know, as a fan of the horror genre, even if you haven't seen this movie before, from reading about horror and looking at stuff about horror and all of the stuff about horror. I feel like the the photographic imagery of like Dennis Hopper in the tunnel with a chainsaw, I feel like is such an iconic image of horror. Uh, you were not aware of his role in this movie, huh? No, not at all. Um, that that's just one of those things where it's like as I was coming up upon this because I just watched the original Texas Chainsaw for the first time like uh, three years ago. Um, with the diva, and you know, really enjoyed it, and then you know, was find, finding out more and more about this, and then, you know, to actually find that Dennis Hopper was in here, I was just really excited about it. Um, and the the role that he plays in this movie, I, I found really fun, really campy. Uh, Tom, Tom Savini's special effects in here are, you know, just lovely. <laughs> it's just, just, just gore and blood splattering all over the place. But, yeah, this movie is extremely far removed from the first one, and it just threw me off how far away it was, and um, then King started telling me, which he's going to, you know, bring up in just a minute, about the reasons why it went, (laughs) you know, so off camber 
from the original. But you know, it it was it was fun camp. You know, I I, I had a cheesy fun time watching it. You know, so that's what I thought of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So like you know, like the Gore talked about, like the Doc had talked about. Um, I know this is the first time that the monkey had seen it, so it's not like one of those things where he's like, I've seen it before, now I'm revisiting it. This is his first time. Um, so to go back to the ghoul's point about it not being a very good movie, he's not wrong, because compared to the first one, it's not very good, uh, because it's more of a comedy. Because Toby Hooper didn't want to fake, make this fucking movie. He didn't. He did not want to make a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. He had no interest. He said, I did it. I kind of want to make comedies now. I want to do something different. So he was approached by the team of Gowen and Galobus from Canon Pictures. They said we want to guys. I have a fucking I have a Galan and Globus T-shirt. Yeah, truly do. They (laughs) wanted to make a Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two sequel. Toby said, "I have no interest. I I did it. I want to do my own thing. So let me do my own thing." So they said, "How how can we get you to make this movie?" He said, "Well, I want to make two different movies." And if you let me make those two movies, maybe I'll consider making part two. So they said, all right, we'll throw you some money. What do you want to do? He said, well, the first thing I want to do, I want to make a remake to Invaders from Mars. And I have an idea for it, and I want to make a good movie, and it's going to be fun, and it's going to be just what I want to do. So they said, fine, we'll give you the money for it. What's next? I want to do Life Force, which is about space vampires. (laughs) All right, well, we'll throw more money at you, and all right, fine. So you can make these two movies. Both movies tanked the box office. They just were failures. Mm-hmm. So Menahem Golan came back to him and said, all right, these movies suck. Nobody saw them. They didn't make any money. So can you do Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2 now? And he goes, all right, fine. Um, but the thing is, I want to make it funny. I don't want to do what I already did. I already made the first one scary. I want to make the second one camp. I want to make it funny. Menahem Golan was like, all right, well, if you want to make it funny, we're only going to give you half the budget. We're not going to give you the whole budget that we think that you deserve because you want to make it funny. So they hired. Well, I mean, it's not even like not just a jerk, but you also got to figure that you know they were just trying to capitalize on the whole fucking slasher. Oh yeah. Yep. Craze that was going on at the time. You know, you had movies like Nightmare on Elm Street. Friday the Thirteenth was huge. Halloween was huge. So you know what did they have? They had fucking Leatherface. You know, so let's let's try to work with that and. You know, like to to just sit on it yeah. for that long and then try to fucking make a make anything out of it. I mean, I don't know. Whatever, man. No, but like I'm that, just mad. You know, I'm like mad that not, I have to watch this movie. It's not something that Toby ever wanted to make. That's the thing. That's what I keep saying. Like, I know that you don't like this movie, and you're right because Toby didn't like it either. So they hired. Kit I didn't Carson. want him to make it. Kit Carson, <laughs> like I was saying, he he wrote a movie called Paris, Texas which came out a couple years before, which was like a big hit. But at the same time, Paris, Texas was a romantic, kind of offbeat comedy film. Um, so they hired him, and he was literally on set every day having to write dialogue and having to write different scenes because Menahem Golan saying, there's not enough blood, there's not enough horror, we've got to put this in here, we've got to put that in here. So by the end of the shoot, he was still writing, and they said, we're done. We shot the final scene. We're out of here. And he goes, fuck, finally, I can stop writing this piece of shit? All right, great. <laughs> like, he was so goddamn happy that he didn't have to write any more fucking dialogue for this movie, that he could just move on. Um, so, so, so were yeah. Gollum and Globus always on set, pretty much hovering over top of Hooper? I mean, top, every day. Top of... Oh, they were there every day. Wow. 
because they had money invested in this project. And Toby every day was like, I don't want to make this movie. I told you I didn't. <laughs> you know, I didn't say it's going to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. You want to make it? I'm going to make it, but I didn't say it was going to be good. Mm-hmm. So that's where it comes from. Um, but overall, it's not a terrible movie. It's not like Texas Chainsaw Part 3, uh, which I have a lot of problems with. And this one, it's going for comedy, and it's kind of hitting the right notes in a lot of way for me. Um, even with the scene of the two kind of college guys going to see the big football game that weekend. They were high because, school guys going to the college game. They looked like they so were fucking was 40. Guys. So, no, yeah, they, they said it. Yeah. They said it. They said it about their high school. Okay, so I missed that in dialogue. So uh, that's a mistake on me. I thought they were college age. Uh, but either way, they're going to see Oklahoma versus Texas, which is the big rivalry, the big game. Um, and they ended up coming across Leatherface on that bridge while talking to Stretch at the River Rock radio station. Move me, Leatherface. And Stretch, even though she's a DJ, doesn't realize that she could hang up on these guys at any point. She does not have to keep talking to these guys. But for some reason, she keeps them on as they're confronted by Leatherface. LG is saying he can't hang up. That they have to hang up on their end, I guess, because otherwise it leaves yeah. the line open on uh, for the the radio station. Yeah, that was, was, does that just, make sense? Because I felt like they could cut it off. Like they have to have some kind of power to cut it off. Of course they did. It's just this is what they did. Is just it's a movie, dude. You know, get, yeah, yeah. Just get the story going. You know, because yeah. this is what leads to stretch having a hard copy of the horror that she heard coming over the, t- the telephone as Leatherface was just chopping these two yuppies up in, in their fucking Mercedes. Which, when the one guy's head comes off, I thought that was a great effect. When the one guy's head was chainsawed in half and you see the blood spurting out from his head and his one friend going, oh my god, no! Like, it, was just, it was time to be making a cheap effect, but it worked. Like, it was a great little effect for that film. Yeah, and yeah, again, I enjoy what Tom Savini did here. Uh huh. <laughs> but, yeah, then you get introduced to Weppy. Well, I wanted to ask you if it's all right, real quick, uh, just because we know Tom Savini did the effects for that. Do you know if Tom Savini was involved with anything like uh, the effects of the stuff like chopping up the car or anything like that, or was he just creature effects? He was just special effects. He was just body okay. effects. Okay. Which he called the barbecue pit throughout the film. So that's what he called it the entire time <laughs> making these effects. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a good use of the tape, you know, having Weatherface, you know, chopping these two high schoolers up, you know, in the car, and then having Lefty Enright show up, Dennis Hopper, you know, investigating this as the uncle of Sally Hardesty and Franklin from the first film, <gasps> coming to avenge your death. You know? <laughs> and Dennis Hopper, I know he says that he hated this movie, but he does a great job. In this film, like you know, he's the kind of he's the glue of this movie in a lot of ways that keeps you watching because he, you know, he's great. Yeah, I had a great time watching him, man. It's just, especially just the beginning where we're not getting over top, the top Dennis the Hopper right now. We're we're just getting nope. you know straight up investigation going on. You know, the local police are um, you know, trying to strong arm him. And be like, you know, hey, you know, we got the authority to just kick you the fuck out of here. And, you know, he just pulls out his dick. He's like, I'd love to see you try it, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Because he knows that that other person in the family are still killing people. Like, he knows that they're Mm -hmm. still committing these crimes. 
You know, while everybody else is like, oh, no, that's not possible. You know, this is just an accident. And he's like, well, how'd the guy's head come off? <laughs> you know, <laughs> if this is just a car accident, you know, the guy's head well, didn't come off. I mean, I don't know. It's, it is completely feasible that in a car wreck that somebody's head could come off. It does happen. A chainsaw like that, though, <laughs> you know, at that angle, you know, okay. that's, that's so, what so wait. Okay, if all he knows is the information from the people that are, are looking at the vehicle, who is it that identified to him that the head appeared to be severed off by chainsaw? That's a good question, because they never addressed that. Like, he just knows. He's like, well, the guy's head couldn't come off that way. You know, but apparently he just kind of knows that information because I think he he's already kind of ingrained in himself. This is Leatherface, like this is. Yeah, I mean, I get that family. he's looking at the door and the door's got the chainsaw yeah. marks in it. Like you know, like I get that part and everything, but it's it's a big you know not to to use the name, but it's a big stretch to say the least. But this is them establishing him as the Van Helsing type character. You know, he's yeah. the hunter. He's out going after the killer, and he's got his, his oh. you know, instincts to go. And I wouldn't do use Van that? Helsing as as the fucking comment here. I would say they were trying to create another Donald Loomis, or whatever. Uh, not Donald, yeah, no, Loomis, Donald Pleasance, but a, a Doctor yeah. Loomis. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good point too. Where he's just dead set yeah. and stopping the evil, you know, because mm-hmm. he's like the right hand of God in this film. You know, yes, literally, Lord, I will do your work. <laughs> yeah. um, it was just it was great to see those sequences. She's fucking doing moment. lines of fucking blow, I'm sure, left and right. <laughs> I'm sure they all were. They were just banging rails throughout this entire fucking movie to get it over with. Pretty sure they were probably doing that. Doing lines out of fucking Caroline Williams' ass crack, you know, before the fucking chainsaw <laughs> yeah. scenes. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, Caroline Williams is a stretch, you know. It's still it's a fun character, but I don't know. She just got annoying to me at a lot of points in this movie. When yeah. you talk about Chop Top and the cook having a lot of lines, yeah, stretch. Goddamn. Like, I was hoping that she would get killed by the end of this movie. I was hoping that she would become <laughs> meat for the family. Because she just grated on my every nerve where she's like, I got the information. I can do it, Lefty. And he's like, yeah, yeah, leave it to me. I got this. Go back to your DJ well, job. Well, that's because, you know, Stretch, she's a, she's a local DJ. You know, she has to sit there and deal with the asshole all night long, you know. But she, she wants to be something more. She wants to move into more of a reporter-type role. You know, she's, she's trying to do some kind of transition to better herself, which is why she brings the tape to Lefty. It's because she wants to work with them so that together they can work on this case. Right, which, again, which is why I like the scene – that we have uh, LG, the uh, radio manager, and uh, Stretch at the Texas Chili Cookoff, which is like a fluff piece. It's like it's such a yeah. fluff piece for the radio station, and you're going to announce the winner. And no, oh, you know, it's not Houston, it's not Austin, it's our very own Dallas's Drayton Sawyer. And then fucking Jim Sidow comes out wearing the fucking most obnoxious suit I've ever seen, <laughs> waving to the crowd. They're pouring the chili in that trophy, <laughs> you know, and he's just holding it as it's dripping all over his shirt. He's like, oh, hey, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's in the meat. That's, uh, that's what I say. It's in the meat. You know, but, and 
just right off here, man, is like, you know, I just caught this as just a quick nod to Motel Hell, you know, because uh, yeah. I already knew where this was going. You know, as soon as I heard Sawyer, I was like, oh, okay, you know. <laughs> and was, but, you know, to, and then found out that Toby Hooper had actually done that intentionally to make fun of Motel Hell because Motel Hell had made fun of Texas Chainsaw. That, they do. You know, I mean, to, like, you know, Ghoul, I mean, I, I honestly love the introduction of the cook in this sequence where he wins a chili cook-off. Mm-hmm. I was like, how could you not enjoy that? This guy basking in the glory of winning a chili cook-off when he's making fucking human meat in a chili. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't know that. We don't know this at this point. You know, we're just introduced uh, to, to see now. I think uh, you know the grossest part of it for me was just watching them fucking pour that chili into the top of that <laughs> trophy. <laughs> yeah. And then he well, like, kept, uh, it kept running out of the top and onto his suit. Oh, oh <laughs> wow! Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was smoking hot, and the the judge was eating it out of the top of the trophy as he tried mm-hmm. to get his suit. But it's like, I mean, Doc, like we had said, I think it's pretty much you're getting human meat because the woman gets a tooth in her fucking chili. And she's like, what's this? And like, oh, it's, a, it's a hard-shelled peppercorn. <laughs> That'll happen. I mean, look, these are things, these are details that I have zero recollection of from my first go-round. But watching this movie again for our show, uh, the second that face appeared on my screen... Uh, I had zero doubt about what meat was in the chili, especially since he needed to tell us in that scene so many times about his meat and his recognizing good meat and how much Texans appreciate their prime meat. I had no doubt what was being served up before, before the, before the peppercorn. No, but, but you certainly do. Yeah. Mm. The secrets (laughs) <laughs> yeah. um, oh, and then of course you have yeah go ahead uh, daddy would you like some sausage <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you have of course you have after the winning of the award you have uh, Drayton Sawyer in his fucking last roundup rolling grill fucking truck with his nameplate on it the gigantic fucking 1986 phone that he has in there and I have to imagine well, every, this top at this point. Everybody Garmin. apparently has a car phone in the in, in this time. <laughs> but this one was like a weird military style phone that he had sitting next to him, with the radio on the dashboard, where apparently he could just tune into the radio station, you know, WKOLA, and just hear the fucking Weatherface tape. What the goddamn did you boys do? God damn it! I told you not to go out last night. Oh, yes. Again. The cook is put in this position of, God damn it, Weatherface, God damn it. What did you do? You know, just like in the first one, where I talked to the monkey about this last night. I felt like Weatherface in the original was a child in a lot of ways, trying to protect his home against invaders. In this movie, he's kind of the same way, but now he's just super fucking horny. Like, he's just. He's, dead. Oh, he's, got he's, that a, really he's a teenager tomorrow. now. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's grown up a bit, now. <laughs> and he just wants to get that juice. Like, he just wants to get that come out because he doesn't know how. He doesn't know how well, to react. Well, 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 I don't know about that because well, cause I, I personally think he found a way in just a little bit. I think he definitely found a way. <laughs> he bust a nut in that one fucking scene. 
Yeah, that's what we're getting to. I definitely think he did. I definitely think he came in the face. We watched Leatherface come. That's what we saw in this genius fucking movie. We watched Leatherface come. So what'd you do today, Keith? Well, I watched the movie in which I watched Leatherface come. Good. Because I was wondering when he was going to come. Fine, a fine usage of time. Um, yes. Yes. We have Lefty telling Stretch to play the tape on air. Tell it to uh, tell everybody it's a request. So you have to play it on air. That's what I want you to play. So she plays it every hour. Uh, this chainsaw massacre death on air, just hoping to lure Leatherface and the family out of hiding, so Lefty can go after them. Hey, um, it worked. <laughs> it did, and. You get introduced to Chop Top, played by Bill Mosley, and I loved him in this movie. I honestly, like I said, Chop Top is such a good, weird horror villain because he works on so many levels because he's just so insane. Like you can't help but laugh every time he talks because he just can't stop talking. Like the doc had said, he doesn't know how to stop talking because he's just so crazy in that way. So. Well, I know Toby Hooper in some of the earlier drafts, this was actually going to be the hitchhiker character from the first film. And he was supposed to have survived. And that's where the head plate and all that stuff came in. Over time, it did change over to where it was his twin brother and a Vietnam injury. This character was in Nam at the time, and that's that's why he has the plate in his head. And that's why the camera on the dead body, too. Because the dead body is nubbins. That's the hitchhiker mm-hmm. from part one. And that's why they had to carry that body around. And that's why Chopped Up was so caring for nothing <laughs> the entire movie. Because that's his twin brother. Mm-hmm. So he's got to look after him. But, yeah, what did you guys think about Mosley as Chopped Up? Because to me, that's one of the highlights. <laughs> so I, fucking I, annoying. I, yeah. Yes. I, I found it funny because I just recently, I had read up and recently had found out that the idea was that Chopped Top was supposed to be the hitchhiker. Uh, I remember when I was a kid and I watched this film, that's who I thought that was. I just assumed that Chop Top was the hitchhiker. And for years it had gone on that that's, you know, in my opinion, that's who I thought there was. It wasn't until like watching this again in like the early nineties in which I realized that that was a completely different character. Mm. Yeah. And like the doc says, he couldn't stop talking, but I didn't want him to stop talking because I just loved every fucking thing that came out of his mouth. Including the tour yeah, but, of the radio station that she's given. Yeah, but I think we could have like towed it down just a little bit and like given us some darkness in there too. It didn't have to be so over the top talking all the time. It's like because while he was going around with that hook and scratching his head and shit like that, you know, and eating, eating his own skin. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was expecting him to like start doing something menacing to where he's actually scary, and that was the problem. Is while he's a fun character, I didn't find him scary in any way, shape, or form. No, he's like, not. Like, he's not intimidating anyway. It's Leatherface supposed to be the intimidating character. You know, it's Leatherface supposed to be the guy with the chainsaw. So, what, you know, Chop Top can talk all day long. It's, cha- it's Leatherface that's going to be the one that you have to look out for. <laughs> um, and, uh, Monkey, you were talking about the one scene that you actually had a jump scare with, and I think a lot of people... When I first watched this movie, I had the same jump scare. So what was the one that you had the jump yeah, scare with? Yeah, they got me with the fucking jump scare. You know, you pussy. 
when they're in the radio station and we, you know, and Leatherface comes jumping out of the music vault. And I was just like, oh, you motherfuckers. (laughs) And, of course, when he comes out with a chainsaw, he saws right into Chop Top's uh, brain. (laughs) And he saws his sunny bone awake in half. Oh, you bitch, I'm Leatherface. You ruined my sunny bone awake. God damn you. You bitch, I can go to the VA clinic now. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> you know, but, but while this he's chasing part, at though, the stretch. At this part, when we start actually go to you know, start to see Leatherface moving around and whatnot, you know, we can definitely tell it's somebody else because the movements are completely different from oh, yeah. Leatherface in the first movie, you know, it's completely different set of gestures and movements that were used here, you know, it was more of like hopping around kind of like a drunken clown. <laughs> a little bit. And that's what I was going to get to you, uh, Ghoul, and to Doc. What do you think about Bill Johnson as Leatherface's turnaround? Well, just waiting, guys. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> like I said, I was uh, I tried my hardest not to think about this movie, so <laughs> it was, you know, disappointing to like see what they fucking turn the character of Leatherface into. Mm-hmm. Um when I think back on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and what makes it so one of the many things that makes it such a masterwork is that they give you nothing <clears throat> about who these people are and why they are the way they are. It's just this fucking terrifying little clan in the middle of fucking nowhere, and right. you have you have no escape, and you're fucking doomed to horrors that you never could have fathomed a minute before you stumbled upon them. Uh, right. Just seeing leather, just seeing the portrayal of. Even the the portrayals of the cook, um, Drayton Sawyer, uh, versus yeah. his his character in the original movie, uh, I just feel it was like a fucking what they like turned it in into parody. like a, in a yeah in a way like a parody, and because yeah. of what the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like that parody as Texas Chainsaw Massacre two just doesn't work for me. And that's what one of my biggest problems with the film was. Like, to see Leatherface as, like, this pathetic, unsure, kind of sympathetic, maybe gonna right. try to save the girl. Like, that's not what I'm, I want from fucking Leatherface. That's not right. supposed to be the case. And, you know, those are things that I find to be tremendously disappointing here. Okay, right. but on the, yeah. on the ahead, flip Mikey. side, though, we in the first movie, we have... You know, Leatherface going around whimpering and whining the entire time. Unsh, like, you know, almost as if he's bullied in the family. Here we find him a little bit more complacent with himself, and he's, like, you know, humming and, you know, happy to be part of the family and contributing. You know, it's, again, though, we're, you know, we are also seeing an evolution of the character where he is, you know, a different, you know, like like the king has said. We kind of had a little kid in the first one, and now we have someone who's matured some more since the first movie. We have a teenager. You know, we have somebody mm-hmm. that's, you know, like you had said, Monkey, he's happy to help the family any way he can. But at the yeah. same time, when he meets Stretch, you know, that's when all of a sudden his dick's like, oh, hey, man. <laughs> like, could I fuck her? Maybe. You know, and that's when he uses the chainsaw as the phallus symbol, you know, which is a lot of people have talked about with the entire series. 
the chainsaw being the phallus symbol. And in this one, it's just in full effect, where she's like, do you think you could? Are you good? Do you think you can? Yeah, well, she... She starts it. She's like, you know, yep. ooh, yeah, are you, are you good with that? How good are you? You know, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, here we go. Uh, of course she starts <laughs> it. And that was my problem with her in the movie is because she does that to Leatherface when she's cornered by him and he's running the chainsaw up her thigh. And he yeah, or maybe you know, she's like, how can I yeah. fucking, what do I have to do to fucking survive right now? Right. It's just it, because it came back towards the end too when she meets up with him again in the battle land where she's like, Oh, I don't think this is gonna work out. Like, like what? Like stop goading him on. Like, you know, he's a maniac. Like it's you know, been prolonging her life up to that point though. <laughs> it has. Um and it worked in a certain way, but at the same time she's like, I don't think it's gonna work out. It's like, well, no kidding. It's not gonna work out. Like, he's a he's a mute that doesn't know how to express himself other than with his chainsaw. <laughs> you know, but, that's and, what he has. And, and when we have this whole sequence of like the weird, uncomfortable sequence of you know Leatherface slowly running the chain up her thigh and just right up into her crotch, like I I was seriously hoping for a scene where it's like he loses his shit and with the stall right there just fires it up and just fucking eviscerates her. Just would have made sense. <laughs> right yep. up the middle. Yeah. Maybe you just want to watch, in, in, in watch the terrifier scene again. Terrifier too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would have made more sense if he had done that rather than let her live and LJ or LG rather being let him live. chopped up. Incoming mail! Yeah. Incoming mail! You know, and yeah, what the LG fuck was that all about, man? That was so <laughs> yeah, fucking irritating. Yeah. The, the again, guy repeated was not, like, still alive. Those repeated lines, I felt like I was watching, like, when, you know, you'd watch, like, a bad fucking movie from the 70s, and they just didn't mm-hmm. edit it right, and you get somebody repeating the line again, that's exactly what that felt like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's also the fact that and the monkey brought it up last night as well, is that when Weatherface comes back and he meets up with Chop Top, Chop Top's like, you get that bitch, Weatherface? He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, well, we know she's still alive. But he doesn't check. He doesn't go, oh, yeah, we better get her body. No, he's like, all right, yeah. we got a bonus body. <laughs> yeah, word him up. Like, he never checks on Stretch to see well, that she's been and- eviscerated. And especially if, you know, this is their business and they've got some bonus meat here, why wouldn't they go and grab Stretch and bring her along, you know, you know <laughs> so more meat for the cook? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Chopped Up just assumes that Weatherface did his job and they have a bonus body with LG and they're going to take him back to Battleland and strip him of his flesh and the make him into more Battleland. Which was such a fun set for me, though. Seeing Battleland, you know, with the the twisty slides and all the props, like this is all practical. Like you know, it's all kind of yeah. an amazing set for '86. And yeah, and that, that's one of the things like I love about these older movies. You know, is you know that you actually had to build sets. You know, and they actually went and built all of this Battleland stuff. They built all these. You know, this fucked up version of, like, you know, Goonies. Suspended <laughs> <laughs> bridges and shit like that. Um, you know, and the set wasn't a huge set, but at the same time, I was impressed that they actually had the money to do a build like this in the first place. And they didn't have a lot of money. So, 
the fact that they were able to do what they did um, was impressive, you know, for Battleland yeah. under the ground of where they do their operations, where they have all the sausage hanging up and where the cook does all his business. Sausage. You know, underneath the ground. <laughs> yeah, they have some tasty like sausage that they got. <laughs> Big but, fucking you know, after sausage. They, after they Daddy, take off, like you know, <laughs> you know Stre- Stretch is trying to follow him, you know, to, to Battleland, and then, yep, that one. And <laughs> and then, you know, fi- find out that Lefty followed her, you know, and it was all a thing that Lefty had set her up, you know, because he, he needed to catch these people. And, you yeah. know, I, it throws me off, though, that it, they didn't touch more on this where he was willing to sacrifice her to get the job done. Would have made more sense. Yeah, you know, there was also a deleted storyline with that. So, I found yeah, it so <laughs> so funny that you know she happens to follow them. He's obviously following her, but you know where she happened to stand at that particular moment was where there was a trap door. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happened. You know, that so, happened to be already be lined with a bunch of intestines and shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Especially when he tries to use the skeleton arm to help her out of the tunnel. <laughs> Doesn't work. He's like, well, break open my back, you know, break open the back of my car because I got all these chainsaws that I've got them cut right, and I'm gonna oh, do yeah. God's work. <laughs> Man, I I fucking loved this scene where he went to go try out all the chainsaws and went to cut right and uh, just you know generic ass fucking building with a bunch of chainsaws on fucking pegboards, nothing in a fucking box, you know. <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, I don't know. I, I've been to I, some I, places I, up in Maine that kind of look like that. I'll be perfectly honest with you. And I that's like in, in current. I'm not, and I'm talking like current day, not 1980s. Yeah. You know, like you're maybe within like the last 10 to 12 years or so. Um, it's not that far of a again to use the term a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> but I I loved how we had all these sold on display, and in 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 the very middle of all of them. Was a pool on three hundred six A. That you know, gun first chainsaw. Yeah, <laughs> the the first chainsaw from the, the or the you know the chainsaw from the last movie. So I thought it was cool that they threw that in there, but you know. And they throw it in Hopper, again too. Uh huh. But Dennis yeah. Hopper's out there with the biggest motherfucker he can find. You know, mine is <laughs> bigger than yours. Then he yeah. decides. To get, then he decides to give himself a couple butter knives to go with it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And the shop owner's like, oh, shit, yo, God, yeah. <laughs> you know, just watching him chop the wood with these chainsaws. Where he's not even sawing anything. He's just hitting it with the chainsaw. Like, yeah. Not even uh, cutting into it. Yeah. He's just tapping it with the chainsaw. Yeah. And I've um, actually, you know, worked chainsaws. Like I, I, and you, you can't really do it that, work man. very the well shit, like that. No. Yeah. The, the shit catches and kicks, man. You know, and it's a really easy way to fuck yourself up when you're sitting there trying to hack at something with a chainsaw that yeah. isn't a body. <laughs> <laughs> but what I did like was when uh, Stretch is down in Battleland and she's trying to find a place to hide. And you see LG getting sawed up by the electric little knife that Weatherface <laughs> has, like he's going to cut up a turkey. And he's just sliding off the pieces of meat from LG hanging up the face on the hook, hanging up the leg meat on the hook. When he sees Stretch, he immediately says, well, I'm going to put this face on her. 
I'm going to put a little <laughs> Texas hat on her. And I'm going to do the <laughs> Texas two-step. And just start dancing with her like, for no reason. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, this is wet. It's wet. <laughs> you know? That actually yeah, did remind and- me of something with this film. Um, you know, did you guys notice that the music sounded quite familiar? It did in certain cues. Nope. I, you know, it's. Well, what I ended up picking up on it, and I don't know if it's got any, I don't know if there's any connection to the two films, but the music in this is very similar to the music of the Reanimator. I actually went and looked up the Reanimator soundtrack and listened to it while watching some of this movie, and they are almost timed perfectly with stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! No, they said that they borrowed from the Reanimator and like two other movies. I can't remember what the two other movies were, but Reanimator was one that they borrowed the music from for this movie. So, yeah, they were borrowed at this point because they couldn't make original music. They just had to borrow whatever they could. <laughs> but, the, you know, yeah, the Texas two-step I did like with Leatherface because, again, he's a teenager in this movie. He sees a pretty girl. What does he want to do? He wants to put fucking dead skin on her face because he could be like me. You know, we could both be like I want to do. <laughs> Yeah, we could both be weather faces, and of course, LG waking up from his uh, unconsciousness and having to spit again—that's his trademark of spitting. Well, I'm yeah. gonna get you out of here, darling. I'm gonna get you out of here. But no, you're not. <laughs> you know, you are too beyond yeah. fucked up. You know where you're going? Nowhere. <laughs> oh, LG was still alive. See, this must have been where I started falling asleep. Yeah, LG tried to help her. Like LG woke up and he was like, "Oh shit." Like, you know, I've got all these fucking strips gone from my flesh, but I'm going to try to stand up and help you. But and he can't same, move. But at the same time, there was some nice effects by Tom Savini of, like, like you had said last night, of, like, some straight-up Hellraiser shit with the oh, flesh yeah. pulled all over his face, except for, like, around his lips and around his eyes. Um, a big-ass chunk taken out of... The side where you can see his ribs, you can see all the muscles underneath. An, uh, another big ass chunk taken out of one of the legs. You know, oh, you yeah. can just see all the, the fibers. You know, it, yeah. it, it was a, nice. It was it, it was some nice synthetics that he made there. Yeah, Thompson cool. really kind of made it work. Um, but LG, of course, dying and saying, "Oh shit," and fucking dying because <laughs> he's of no use. And again, it's up the stretch to figure out how to get the fuck out of the situation while fucking Lefty is burning down this fucking place, go, take it down! Take it down! <laughs> and just sawing <laughs> everything. And I won't have to put blames on a weather face. <laughs> Your fucking brother's obviously doing this. He, he screws up everything. It's like, no, this is a weather face. Somebody's doing this. <laughs> but while this is going on, it's time for dinner. <laughs> Yeah, and before that, you have Lefty coming in with his song about the sheep. <laughs> the sheep are going to gather, and fucking chops up. Yeah, the sheep are going to gather. He's like, shut up, boy. <laughs> no. Because they have no idea what the fuck's going on. But this is the one thing I wanted to bring up to you guys, is because once they get uh, Stretch, the cook, Grandpa, Leatherface, Chopped Off, they all have her above the, uh, the bucket. In the original film, Grandpa couldn't get the job done. He tried over and over again because he's so old. He can't Grandpa hit her in the head the right way. In this movie, he kind of gets a, uh, one or two hits in, 
But in the original, the cook is like, yeah, yeah, get her, Grandpa, get her. In this one, he just, he's done. He's like, oh, oh, no time. We got to get it done. And he just fucking bonks her on the head with a meat pallet. And I just, I love that. The fact that the cook in this movie is like, yeah, no, we have work to do. You know, just going to hit her on the back of the head. <laughs> and I, I like how they actually took the time in this one to actually show you that Grandpa was aware because in the first one, for me anyway, I really couldn't take it whether or not he was just a corpse or if he was actually right. supposed to still be alive. You know, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. did a great job in the first one uh, of yeah, presenting it, himself as an old man who just could suck blood from a finger. That's about all he could do. Yeah, and it's just this one, they took the time to actually, you know, sh- sh- show a little bit of facial expression, show that Grandpa's into this shit, you know, because... 135 years old on his liquid diet, apparently Grandpa can still get it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, I, I want to ask uh, the ghoul and the doc this question. What did you think about Grandpa in this film? Because I felt like it was too cartoony, and I felt like it was too animated. He looked like, like a fucking Muppet. He didn't even right. I was going to say, he was person. way too rubbery looking. Yes. Too, like, uh, I know I the whole film was supposed to be funny, but I, I didn't like Grandpa. Like, I felt like, compared to the first one... He's, he's like the chef. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the one, like you said, the doc had brought up the first one. I felt like the first film got the Grandpa right. Where he's decrepit, he can't do anything except suck blood from a finger. And this one, he seems to be more agile. Like, he's more adept at picking up a meat hammer and beating somebody with it. Also, it's just he had that big, huge, bulbous nose. Um, di- didn't really look decayed that much in the face as compared to the, compared to the first one. You know. Yeah, he looked like uh, Dan Aykroyd from Nothing But Trouble. Oh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was my takeaway. I was like, if somebody watched Nothing But Trouble and go, yep, that's it. <laughs> we got a grandpa effects. <laughs> Because that's what it reminded me of. Because he was so animated. I was like, that's not Grandpa. Grandpa's supposed to be fucking half dead at this point. <laughs> like, he can't do anything except drink blood from a finger. But in this one, he's like, I'm going to grab that hammer as Lefty comes into the room and puts a fucking chainsaw right up uh, the cook's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it cleared out his hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor cook. You know, he just wanted to make his meat and make his money, but now he has to grab the hitchhiker and look for that fuck you Charlie grenade. I love that he called the fuck you Charlie grenade. Like, you know, where is that fuck you Charlie grenade, Dubbins? Uh, we got to end this thing. <laughs> you know. And meanwhile, you have Lefty and Weatherface having a fucking chainsaw fight. Fuck yeah. <laughs> chainsaw so fight. good. Like, both of them battling, and you would think Weatherface would have the upper hand because he knows how to handle a fucking chainsaw, but Lefty's right there. Lefty is getting Leatherface to the point where he guts him right up in the stomach. And even with Leatherface having a chainsaw sticking out of his gut, he's still fighting. I thought it was a great effect by Tom Savini, that chainsaw going up through the back. It it was because I, like I fucking loved it that they actually took the time to sh- you know had him turn so you could see that the chains all the way through and then while the chains all all the way through the parts are sticking out of the back 
the chain is still moving. You can see the chain moving yeah. while while shit's going on. And it's just like I, I just like this was like my favorite effect of the entire movie was this fucking shot. You know, and the fact that shit was moving around, shit was spraying all over the place, it's just, you know, nice, nice job. Mm. Um, it was a cool effect. It was definitely one of the uh, the, the more positive of the film. It, it was so cool because you know how they did it. Like, that's what I, like the, the monkey always says. He likes to find out how they did it. And I'm like, I would love to find out how they did that effect. With the chainsaw still revving behind Weatherface's back as it's sticking in his gut. Like, it was just, it, it worked. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, Gruel and Doc, I, I know that you weren't too favorable at this film, but I felt like Lefty deserved a better death than what he got. Where he dies off screen, like you don't even see him die. It's the the grenade going off, and you just yeah. have to assume that he died. Just a sacrifice. His, yeah, but his character still like from the start, right? He seems like you know he's truly like investigating to solve a mystery, and then he is nothing, you know. Then he is just like a fucking chainsaw wielding maniac, a vengeance seeking maniac, also. Uh, I, 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 trying to take out the, the fact that I knew that he died right. from previous viewings, I, you, you, just as he enters, like, you just don't get the sense that he's getting out of there. Right. It's just the fact that he died off screen. I think I, I kind of wanted to see something more uh, of Lefty. He was trying to be the hand of God, where it's like he's battling Leatherface. He's not damaged. It's not like Leatherface got a good hit on Lefty. He didn't. The entire battle. No. He didn't hit Lefty once. Mm-hmm. And you just have the grenade going off, and you're like, well, that's the end of them. Like, it's like, well, I, I kind of wish that Lefty had a better send off than what I they thought gave it was him. sloppy. I it thought was. it was sloppy. But at the same time, do you think maybe they did it off screen so that they would have the chance to leave things open? Oh, Toby Hooper didn't want to leave anything open. He wanted this fucking movie to be done. Well, I wasn't <laughs> yeah. talking about that. No, I wasn't talking about. I wasn't talking about Hooper. I was talking about the producers. Oh, no. They wanted to do a one-off. They wanted to do a sequel, and they're like, we hope it makes money. So, because of Life Force and Invaders of Mars fucking them over. They just wanted to make a recoup <laughs> on their budget. Um, but you have the final fight between Stretch and Chop Top going to the top of the Battleland Mountain, where Stretch finds, again, the Gunnar Hansen model chainsaw. <laughs> Being held with the the mother figure, I guess of the family, if you want to call it. They don't really grandma. call it the grandma. grandma they call, he calls her grandma. Okay. Grandma. <laughs> so that's, and this that's is something that the monkey brought up last night. Was the grandma still alive with that chainsaw in no. her hand, or was it just the fact that Chop Top was moving her in a certain way? Because her head Shop was moving. Chop Top was moving her. Okay, so he was yeah. moving her head up just like nubbins. Like how he was yeah. just dubbing his head. Mm. Okay. Yeah, Chop Top's yeah. straight up nut. And nah, Grandma was definitely <laughs> dead. Yeah. Just the fact that he's like, don't you touch her. <laughs> yeah. And I, I he yelled every... at her. He goes, you killed her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I just took it that everything was resting on the saw. And when Stretch took the saw away, you know, the body started to collapse in on itself. Yeah, you said it was ballooning on itself, like deflating. So mm-hmm. that could be a good point, too. Um, it's just the, the, the fact that you have the Leatherface model of Gunnar Hansen and Chainsaw, and that's the one that Carolyn Williams gets. I love the fact that Chop Top is 
chopping in her back with that blade that he has, like the hitchhiker did to Sally in the first one. So mm-hmm. it's kind of making a subtle callback to the first one where he's just slicing her in the back as she's trying to get the chainsaw to start up. I was like, it's kind of a nice callback, you know, where he's just slicing mm-hmm. her over and over again. Not killing her, just slicing her, just, you know, torturing her. It's a good to the thing point that where she finally gets that chainsaw to start up. Yeah, good thing they kept that thing fueled and oiled <laughs> for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> that was the chainsaw. Like, you know, that was that that was the classic one. That was the one they wanted to keep uh, you know chained up. Remember, man, the again. chainsaw is family. Uh, is we family. had to get it in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the cook says it. The saw is family. One of my favorite fucking all-time movie quotes. Um, but Chop Top ultimately gets gutted and falls down into one of the tubes at Battleland, weaving Stretch to do the classic Gunnar Hansen dance, which yeah. I kind of appreciated. Like, it was a callback to the original. It was maybe Toby Hooper saying, you know what? We've fucking had so much fun this far. What just fucking have? Is that what he said? Dance. We had so much fun this far? <laughs> because he was probably just saying, at this point, who cares? Like, <laughs> the series not going to do well. So let's just have her do the dance at the top of the tower, yeah. you know, top of the mountain. You know, let's have her run, yeah. you know, go in circles and just move that chainsaw yeah. back and forth just like Gunner did. Nothing yeah. will ever and be Gunner doing a dance at the end. Yeah. But, but I took it, it as her, to her, her and I took it as her just finally losing her shit, you know, and, you know, right. possibly That's becoming everything another. everything she's been through. Yep. You know, just <laughs> loses, just, you know, she's lost and she's done. She lived, but she's you know she's never going to be fully alive ever again. <laughs> Which is just like Sally in the original. Like, how could mm-hmm. you ever go back to living a normal life after what you've seen, after what you've been through? You're in the back of the truck and you're laughing hysterically as Weatherface does his dance in the sunlight. Like, you're never going to be mm-hmm. the same again. You know, I felt yeah. like that as for as a comedic movie as Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two was. Like the monkey hit it on the head. Like I thought that was her dance. Like that was her. I fucking lost it. (laughs) You know, I'm the queen of the mountain now, motherfuckers. (laughs) I'm the queen of Battleland. Yeah, and I and I think that pretty much wraps up Texas Chainsaw Massacre (laughs) two, which I enjoyed. We're really having fun now. I mean, like I said, I, I woke up and. I got to watch the end of this movie, and then I decided because I was on such a roll with such great films, I would try to find something that was at least somewhat rewarding for me. So I ended up watching and then falling asleep to Highway to Hell. Oh, well, oh my God. Was C.J. Graham playing yep. the, uh, the oh, Hell yeah. fucking cop? Well, I, I love that you go to C.J. Graham when I know my first go-to in that movie is Christy Swanson. So. <laughs> no. Yeah, because, you know, I know Jason. So C.J. Graham as the, the state trooper of hell. That's what I always go to, that mm. movie. That movie is fucking twisted. We might have to cover that movie one of these days in the show, because that movie is um, fucking out there. It, it is definitely a thought. Please, no. Yeah. Yeah, Highway to Hell is fucking out there and all the fucking Please, movies. Please, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to happen. Although, so, I won't have any words to say after what I think my next pick is going to be, so... <laughs> yeah. well, I do love the fact that the yeah, monkey I'm, going, was like, that, I'm well, going in that direction <laughs> I love oh, the fact no. that the monkey We're going back to fucking Texas, Canada I mean, <laughs> We are, I'm sure 
But I love the fact that the monkey, after watching Texas Chainsaw Master Part 2, goes, well, you know, King, I can't wait to watch Part 3. And I'm like, oh, just hold off. Like, <laughs> take a break. <laughs> you, you had a fun time with Part 2, but Part 3 really kind of makes you fucking wonder what the fuck the TV series is doing with Weatherface. <laughs> so I'll give you a break. You know, come back to me in about a year and say, I want to watch a Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, and I'll let you have a chance. That okay. Movie. Yeah. It well, just, that takes a lot of shots. <laughs> well, we'll let, we'll let that digest. In the meantime, I have to do a pick. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> and I'm going to keep the camp rolling. And we're going to do... From the 90s, since everyone's talking about Stephen King lately, then fuck it. Let's go ahead and do Thinner. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> a long time since I've seen Thinner. So yeah. Better? So we're going to go back to the time in the 90s, right, right around the time the bubble popped. <laughs> Stephen King was all over the oh, place. The, and the bubble was fucking fine and popped, man. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was deflated. So the shit in the fucking theaters, I can't remember what, ch- depending on what year it is, I might be Sorry. able to fucking determine which chick it was. <laughs> oh, fucking theater. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's what we're doing next week. Yeah, uh, Pet Cemetery coming out in theaters this weekend. We're talking about 1996. 1996. Yeah, 1996. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, that's, that's either that's either a B or a K. <laughs> gotcha. Well, yeah, I I remember thinner, so I haven't seen it. Uh, wow, was Joe Montana in fucking thinner? I feel like he was in thinner. Yes. Wait, I have to. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna have to rewatch yes. this fucking movie. <laughs> Joe Montana showing up in yes. the Stephen King film. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, uh, the Mucky Center. All right. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Doc, for joining us tonight. Always a My pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> pleasure. All right. Good Mucky, night. Sign yourself off. Right. Good night, audience. Audience. Monkey, go. An audience. Go. None. <laughs> and I'm, and I, I'm your favorite oh, covering me like fucking thinner. <laughs> anyway, yeah. thanks for listening in, everybody, and let me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. Go <laughs> right. cool. hit us with that glorious plug. Uh, listen, uh, first, what I'm going to do is I'm going to apologize. I'm going to apologize that you had to listen to us talking about fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre two tonight, and I'm going to apologize all ahead right, of time for right. the fact that we've got to t- that we've got to talk about fucking thinner next week. But <laughs> you know what'll make you feel better? What'll make you feel better is if you go to Etsy, right, and look up Bonfire Bead Designs. She's got all kinds of crazy jewelry in there right now. There's rings, bracelets, necklaces, pendants, gemstones, all kinds of shit. Shit that, you know, has all kinds of energy involved with it. There might be things in there that make your dick hard. Your little dick, it might get hard if you wear one of these things. Like I can't make a promise. Like a chainsaw. Like a phallic fucking chainsaw. It might make you dick hard. So go to Bonfire Beat Designs and go buy some shit. 
please you put food on my table and I'll appreciate it. Thank you. I'm starving <laughs> over here. I'm so hungry right now. All the food that I like since you think some Mexico Park too probably aren't gonna put food on your table. Just saying no. now. No. You know, think off. about it, people. Help me. Help me, please, or else I'm going to have to eat fucking Drayton Soya's chili. <laughs> Don't mind no peppercorns. <laughs> All right, hit that catchphrase. Oh, stay scared. I'm thinner. <laughs> until next week, we talk about thinner. Can't wait. And until next week, we meet the Saw is family. Keep that chili warm. And we'll see you next week. As always, I'm the King of Heart, Andy G. We'll see you next time.